Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome to episode 33. I'm super excited that you're here with us today. Today, I'm focused on how to use laws to drive your culture. And I'm going to talk more about what I mean by that. I'm sticking with the theme of culture right now because I'm really interested and fascinated by the lack of just understanding around how to really design and drive your team culture. Not talking about organizational culture. I think that's just a very different, um, you know, bird altogether. But you know, within an organization, if you manage people, you have a team and you do have an immense amount of ability to be able to shape that subculture, that team culture that you have. So last episode, episode 32, I talked about dealing with toxic employees and toxic staff because they detract from the culture. Today, I'm going to focus on an aspect of driving culture, which is how do laws really help you um, get clear and drive some of the culture that you want. So let's tease this out for a moment, and let me just talk about the difference between a law and, let's say, values. So in my world, um, and the way I think about it, uh, a law is really a a truth. Uh, It's kind of objective, and it tends to govern consequence. So it kind of gives you the reason and the action versus like just having team values, which are really subjective, and you have to create the meaning together. You have to create this alignment, um, and then you're kind of rubbing against people's own personal values and how they you know, think about things. And so um, values maybe drive people's personal behaviors, but laws tend to govern like team consequences. So um, just to give you the context here, then we're just going to be really concrete. But like you might have values in your team that sound that are really usually like um, based on the organization's values, like maybe people first or customer first or um, embrace change um, or we value equity. Um, And so it requires then that you create shared meaning. And so you have to have conversation about that. And you ever gone around and everyone's got like their own two cents to add into it, which is cool because that's kind of how it works. Everyone's got um, something to add to um, how they're going to live the values. The problem is that you run into is that people might actually walk in the door and those values might conflict with their personal values or it might conflict with how they're thinking about it. So two people thinking about customer first looks really different. Um, and you're definitely going to have the conflict between the hierarchy of, of value. In other words, how much do I value embracing change? Like, yeah, I embrace change, but how much? Or yeah, I believe in customer first, but how much? Because when you take a look at someone's life, they maybe don't live that way. Like someone who's, um, you know, coming from a bend of hardcore service, uh, maybe they grew up that way is going to embrace customer first um, and people first if they're a leader in a really different way than somebody who didn't. Um, so it, it, the, the values aren't bad. Um, they just require more of us to create. And I think they're better suited for organization-wide culture setting um, where the, the the structures are designed to try to drive a certain set of values. And, you know, that's, again, a different Harder to do a different podcast altogether. I'm really focused on, you know, your team. Um, But as I mentioned, if you're a manager and you have a team, every team has a subculture. And that subculture is either designed and influenced by you or it drives and impedes um, your ability to build engagement and results. 
Okay, so either you're able to design and influence how the culture builds your engagement and results or the culture itself is driving and impeding how you build engagement and results. And so from that perspective, I like laws a ton better. So let me have you give you an idea about what laws are. So an example of a law might be what you focus on expands. That's a law. Um, it's used by, you know, a number of either um, self-help folks. Um, I know that there's a really killer organization. They do real estate called Keller Williams, and they've got a coaching arm, and that's one of their laws, that what, what you focus on expands. And so what that means then is you can either focus on people or you can focus on the process, right? If you focus on people and what's going on wrong with them, then you're going to, you know, start to deal with and, and end up going down the rabbit hole of dealing with what's wrong with that person as opposed to what's not working right with the process. Or if what you focus on expands, we're going to focus on problems instead of experiments, right? Or we're going to focus on what's unfair instead of the next step. Um, or we're going to focus on what's unfair instead of, you know, what choices we have. Um, and so what you focus on expands is a law that you don't have to like have a different interpretation around. It just applies to any different situation. I can focus on what the opportunity is, or I can focus on hope, or I can focus on what I need to accomplish, or I can focus on constraints. I can focus on disappointment. I can focus on the task at hand. Me and you don't have to have a different interpretation of what that means. We just get the choice of choosing where we want to put our focus. So you can see it starts to govern the consequence because if we focus on problems instead of experiments, we're going to get a certain outcome. If we focus on what's unfair instead of focusing on where we have choice, it's going to govern a consequence. So they're really, it's different. So I, I want you to really hear that difference. If you value, um, you know, embracing change, that's really different from embracing change. Because you know what? Sometimes I don't, I don't want to embrace change. Like there's some change I really don't look forward to embracing. Um, but I can always choose my focus. So they're they're very different, and so they're going to drive different outcome. And and what's cool about this, and just understanding this difference, by the way is um, they're easy to introduce. We're gonna, I'm going to walk you through some examples right now, but they're easy to introduce. Um, and with values, and again, I think values are, are awesome. I'm not taking anything away from them. They just require more um, effort and skill from you, and they're less reliable. So trying to reinforce value means that you have to align with your organizational values, A, and B, they're a little... Um, more unreliable because you're working against people's own values where laws, people don't typically walk around um, with laws of rule of thumb, like very few people do. So you're introducing and giving them something that they don't have to unlearn and it just gives them choice. So that's what's so cool about them. And I really honed this in early on when I was an educator, which is odd because I do so much work now with um, businesses and business leaders. And it's it's really amazing what I learned being an educator, working with young people who had been dropped out or pushed out, and how much of that still applies to working with, you know, professional teams. But, you know, where this really was born for me was working with young people who had been dropped out or pushed out. And it became really evident that um, how they acted was based on the future that they were living into. And they had no idea that they had constructed some kind of future that they were living into. And so, you know, I think really early on in my career, um, I got really, you know, um, adept at teasing out what the future was that people thought that they were living into. And usually if someone felt like their future was hopeless, um, it was full of despair, uh, their future was unfair, um, the cards are stacked against them, um, you know, that, that how they're going to act is going to be in that accord. Like they're just going to, 
they're going to do things that, you know, aren't going to create anything different in their life because they believe that that's not going to be there for them. So what was interesting for me, I share that because um, I didn't sit there trying to figure out how to change their future. That was too hard for me. And I didn't sit there trying to um, give them a new set of values because, you know, those values were entrenched around them. Those were born from really hardcore experiences that they had to live every single day. And some of those experiences were traumatic. So that became an even bigger emotional imprint that was going to drive their behavior. For me, it was just like, how do I give them some laws that they can focus on that's going to begin to shift the conversation that they're having with themselves that, um, while, that while I had them with me that would open up a different future, right? I was just creating choice. And, um, and it was pretty amazing the kind of results that we got. So I bring that into um, my management. Um, I brought that into how I directed teams. Um, I brought that into how we were getting um, the outcomes and results that we were getting and just carried that into my consulting and um, was just amazed by the kind of reliability. And then stepping back, I found that fascinating um, to now read the literature. And, you know, there's there's plenty of literature out there that supports some of this. So I'm like, oh, well, there you have it. Um, probably should have wrote a book like 20 years ago. But you know what? I hate writing. I suck at writing. I write blogs. That's about it. I like to talk. I'm a talker. And that's why I'm doing the podcast. So let me talk to you about some of my favorite laws. You can, you know, laws are everywhere. You probably have some... Um, you know, if you're interested, um, I'm going to tell you some places to go to maybe get ideas for laws. Um, I would recommend um, looking at, in, if you're in the training world, and even if you're not, um, by the way, they'll just give you ideas. So um, in the health and training, health and fitness, there's um, a guy by the name of Bobby Maximus. And no, that's not his real last name. Um, they just call him that. But Bobby Maximus, go ahead and Google or Bing him, um, whatever you do, web crawler him. Um, and you'll see he's got Bobby's Laws, and he's really big into um, – he's got this distinction between whether you're just working out or you're training, you know, and he makes that distinction, and he, he pushes you. He's got all these laws, and um, I follow some. He's hardcore, but, you know, if you're really into fitness, um, you'll get an idea of how he operates, but you'll – more importantly, you'll get ideas about laws. Um, go to MAPS Coaching, M-A-P-S, like a, a treasure map, MAPS Coaching. Um, or you can type in Keller Williams, they're connected and they've got, um, fantastic set of laws. So they've got a program called bold B O L D. Um, and it stands for business objective life by design. And what's cool about them is they are the coaching arm for all the Keller Williams franchises. And they believe that if you're going to succeed as a real estate agent, you have to have a set of laws that are going to drive your business. And it doesn't end there, but it starts there. So you'll see that there are bold laws and it, they're, they're pretty great. And you can watch, um, her name is Diane Kokoska, and she's got a short video to explain each law. Um, but again, it's just a place to go and see um, examples of what laws are, how they sound, and then um, give you an idea about either you can take some and apply them in your world or give you an idea about what the laws are. The last place I'll tell you to go, um, I think his name is Mike Hargrove. He's, he is um, a coach from the mid-80s. He wrote the book Masterful Coaching. Um, he really introduced coaching as a paradigm in the business world before it was a thing. And um, he's got what he calls teachable points of view. So he didn't call them laws. He calls them teachable points of view, TPOVs. Um, I think it's clunky. But 
his teachable points of view are really helpful as laws. And so that's he works exclusively with um, executives of Fortune 500 and Fortune 50 companies. And um, he's kind of like their personal concierge. But you'll get an idea about laws. So three places you can go to get ideas for laws. And now I want to share with you some of my favorite laws. So again, you can just begin to hear what they sound like. So you can think about what you might want to try um, if you want to go down this path. So we talked about one. So what you focus on expands. Um, I love that law because... I mean, it's just super simple. I just use it even with my kids. Uh, and, you know, I've got a four-year-old and eight-year-old. I do not get a lot of success with that law with my four-year-old because that's just the inappropriate. Um, his brain isn't there yet, 100%. And you know what? He'll want to focus on a tantrum because he gets a lot from it. But, um, but you know, my daughter, she's eight. She gets it. Um, and, and it works everywhere. Um, I love another one. This one comes from um, the bold laws. And uh, no pressure, no diamonds. Super simple. And I love it because, you know, the law there is, um, you know, it's just evident. Every challenge is going to be hard. Like if you're really up to something challenging, it's going to be hard. There's going to be uncertainty. You might even lack clarity. So it's kind of like a hero's journey. Like anytime you're going to push yourself, you know, no pressure, no diamonds, you're going to experience that. Um, so it's kind of like going into something, knowing that you're going to experience it, but knowing that, that, you know, you get to be focused on an outcome. And that's the beautiful part about the diamond part. Um, I feel like there's a, this one is, is good when you have context. So, um, what's great about it is working with teams, especially teams that are working on like, um, whether it's a team or an individual that sets a challenging goal. I love this law because, you know, it just anchors you right away. No pressure, no diamonds, no pressure, no diamonds. And you can remember in the moment, um, that it's not the end, whatever's happening there. There's uncertainty. There's a hard client meeting. There's a hard conversation. Um, there's conflict. It's not the end. It's just the process, right? No diamonds. So there's going to be an outcome here, whether it's for your own, um, you know, we usually say professional growth is personal growth. So whether it's for your personal growth or it's about the organization's growth or the team's growth, um, Another law I love, it's a little bit longer, but it, it hits home. Um, we don't choose our future, we choose our habits. And our habits determine our future. Like, that's a law. It's not quite as pithy, it's not quite as simple as, you know, um, no pressure, no diamonds, but I love it. We don't choose our future, we choose our habits. And our habits determine our future. I used that law before. And what I, why it was helpful is it really set context for the team habits we were introducing. And you can toggle it to, you know, individual habits. Um, you know, I use this again with the young people I was describing earlier that I worked with. This isn't about like, tr it's too hard to determine the future. This is about what you do every single day. So in a team setting, how I've used it, um, when I was working with teams around lean transformations, so continuous improvement transformations, team habits, like why we do standups of its project management, why we do toll gates. Um, if a team is shifting to being more data um, driven or data minded, um, why we engage in data collection. Um, if a team is focusing on impact, um, why we, you know, have the habit of um, every day, you know, yelling out quick wins and, and celebrations, like not just what we completed, but the impact that we created. You know, I set direction, I set clarity, um, you know, I help someone, you know, build their confidence, whatever that is, um, whatever the habits are, maybe the habits are we want to start on time, maybe, you know, for meetings, maybe the habits are maybe our Monday morning pancakes, um, because that's what we do to connect with each other, maybe Monday morning startups. Um, but what's cool about it is it's a law. And 
you're really getting people focused on, you know what, don't worry about the future, focus on your habits because your habits determine your future. And so, it, again, it governs the consequence. People can start to focus exactly on what's, what matters most, which is do I have a habit around this? So if you're a manager, how I used it is if I was a manager, um, I just used it in the way I described to set context for all of our rituals. Um, but it, I also set context for setting up individual development goals because I wanted to see if they had a habit-based goal uh, because what are the habits that you're developing for yourself that's going to create the kind of future that you want? So again, killer law, super simple. This one's a little bit outside. Um, Seahawks use it if you're um, at all connected to football and, and professional football, but it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Um, and I think I, I love that one. And for them as a, a, as a football team, the Seahawks, you know, they live it when they're working out. So it defines how they're working out. It doesn't matter how you start your workout, how you enter the gym. It matters how you finish. Um, I've heard, you know, my daughter's dance instructor use it in her dance class, right? Like, you know, you just go strong. Obviously, the Seahawks use it in their game, um, if anybody's familiar with that. Um, they definitely use it uh, listening to one of their psychology um, uh He's their sports psychologist. I don't think that he has that title on that team, Michael Gervais, but on their even one-on-one -on -one conversations, it doesn't matter how the conversations start. It matters how we finish this conversation. Um, so, you know, again, it's just an example um, of a law. And then I'll share with you my last – this one – this came from a team. I actually thought it was kind of cool. Um, this was a team that was in the tech environment, and they were, you know – busy building um, apps internally within an organization. They had two laws. And the first law said talk minus action equals zero. So talk minus action equals zero. And where they were getting at with that is that, like, um, you know, if that issues, they can either plan to resolve them, they can either plan to learn more, or they can plan to experiment. So they were like, no, no talk. Like, talk without action is you get nothing. So they were trying to encourage they were going through learning about plan, do, check, act, which is an, a, a problem-solving cycle. So they were really like, talk's not enough. What action are we taking? So are we taking an action to resolve something? Are we taking an action to learn more? Or are we taking an action to experiment? And rather than trying to like remember that, they just had a simple law that they could apply every single day in their stand-ups. Um, and then their second law was if plan A doesn't work, there are 25 other letters in the alphabet. And I love that because um, – they, they were kind of being driven by these two laws, like talk without action gets you nothing. So they, they carried over everywhere, but they were really focused on how they approached, you know, problems, which were always showing up for them. And if plan A doesn't work, there are 25 other letters in the alphabet. So again, like, um, you know, it's a, it's a different take on the law. No blame, no excuse. Like, it's fine. It didn't work. Show me what you tried. Show me what you expected. Show me what actually happened. And then show me what you're trying next. You know, like it's, it's just that that law, that's fine. Like what... Plan C didn't work. What's plan D? What's plan F, right? Um, so it's really getting people into a rhythm. But those were their laws, and they could just leverage them over and over and over again. So anyways, those are examples of laws. And again, you can hear in all those examples, we're not trying to align a team around a set of values. Um, they're almost like you know, group agreements, if you will, if you've ever been a part of like a, you know, facilitated meeting or anything like that. Like this is just how we are going to operate because they're going to govern a consequence. All right, so how do you leverage these things? Let me walk you through a few um, important steps to really leverage a law if you use these laws. And again, I, I, I just think that you as a people manager have an incredible ability to actually define and influence your culture. You can't, you know, 100% do it by yourself. You need your team. Um, but to do that, the, the way to use a law is to begin to change the conversation. So the first thing you have to do is define the law. 
You have to define them. If you're going to use the law... In, in a webinar that um, I offer, I'm going to offer, so if you're listening to this today, I, I'm today being, you know, um, you know, December like 3rd, I'm going to offer a webinar next week. If you listen to this podcast at some point in the future, there's probably going to be an option for a replay of this webinar where I teach you, you know, a, a four-step process and I talk about defining the culture. Today, um, I'm talking about the laws to um, define that culture. You start by defining those laws. Start small, small and build. So choose no, no more than one to three laws at the max. So if you're a people manager, just choose one law. Three at the most. I think three is a lot, but choose one law. And really the way you would want to choose it is take a look at what are those one to two mindsets or behaviors that you know are taking away from your engagement um, and or your performance. So if you've got a lot of variability in how people approach their work and do your work, then maybe you need more alignment and standardization. And so maybe a law around building habits is really important um, because you want folks to build standard habits uh, because everyone's doing things differently or doing things their own way. We know that um, variable, variable um, if there's variability in how people do the work, variable processes equal variable results. That's just that's actually just a law. That's truth too. Um, that's just proven mathematically. So anyways, find those one to two mindsets or behaviors that you know are taking away either from your engagement or your performance and think about what that law might look like and just maybe introduce one or two. So define what those laws are. Steal them from somebody else. Make them up. I don't really care. As long as they're a law, make sure they're not some value like you know we respect each other. Number two, I would want you to live that law for two to four weeks. So don't even introduce it yet to your team. Identify it and live it. Um, unless, you know, you and your team are listening to this together and you want to do it together, but you should be living it. You should write this law up. You should post it up somewhere visible for you to take a look at it. You know, post it in six places um, and then share it. And you got, here's the deal about transformation. It, it can't materialize until you take it from your head and you put it out into the world. And I don't care if that means you're writing a letter yourself or whatever, and, and it ups the ante when you share it. So if you're going to have a law that you want to live, you need to write it, you need to post it, and you need to tell some people that you're going to be trying to live it. You might say, you know what, I believe in this law and it's governed, you know, how I do things and I'm just, I'm going to be living this law a little bit more rigorous the next two to four weeks. Or you know what, um, if that's not the deal, just say, you know what, I struggle with this, but you know what, I believe this law makes a big difference. I can see how it's going to make a difference in my life and I'm going to live this law for the next two to four weeks. So that's what you're going to be doing. You're living it for the next two to four weeks, you know, and why this is important is because you're beginning to model something plus you're changing the conversation. And what I mean by that is you're not changing necessarily what you say. You're changing how people listen to you because people already have a current conversation about how they see you in their minds. And that's that, it turns on the minute they think about you or see you, right? Like my mom is blank. Like I can already tell you that there's a truth there, like how I think about my mom. My mom is a certain way. And so whenever I talk to her, I have to, like, it's just playing in the background of who she is. And if she does something that's in opposition to that, I'm like, huh, uh, because I've already got a conversation about who she is. And so your team has a conversation about who you are. And so right now what you're doing is you're modeling something different. So you, that's why you have to post it and share it because people won't know what the heck you're doing if you don't tell people. Um, two, it holds you more accountable. And three, you're beginning to, in a very, very, very light way, change the conversations that they have in their heads about you okay so define 
what the law is, make it based on you know one to two mindsets or behaviors that you know take away from your engagement or your performance, and then live that law for yourself for two to four weeks. Next, right? It's next. Now you introduce it. Now you introduce it to your team um, because you've lived it and you understand it and people can see that you're beginning to be about something different and how you introduce it. I would, I would be with your team, use a staff meeting or hold a particular meeting and define that pain that you um, saw was taking away from your engagement and your performance. So define it, talk about it, share the impact that you've seen it have on the team, on other departments and on you, right? Whatever that is, just be real about it. And, and then open up the conversation with your team. Like, have you guys experienced these pains? Like, how does it impact you? So you're opening up the conversation. Then you introduce the law. Guys, maybe many of you know that I've been living this law um, and this is what it's been like for me. Here's how it's, here's the difference it's made for me. So now you're sharing a future and you're not just sharing the law, but you're sharing the impact that it had. Um, and then you introduce the change. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce this law to our team for us to try out. Now, it's really important is you're not going to say this is what this is the law now, people, but um, that you're introducing the opportunity for you guys to test out this law and put a time frame around it. We're going to try this law out for the next four weeks. And so share with them how you're going to introduce the law. I'm going to post it up um, around our walls or I'm going to post it up at our huddles. I'm going to post it up on our meeting agendas. I'm going to post it up um, you know, on our uh, visibility wall, wh wherever it is, I'm going to post it up and two, I'm going to introduce it at, and then choose the systems or the, the, the mechanisms that you guys already have to introduce them. I'm going to introduce, you know, I'm going to introduce this and we're going to, you know, talk about them at every huddle. We're going to talk about them, um, at every, you know, staff meeting we have. I'm going to talk about them at every one-on-one -on -one we have, because now they understand that they're going to be introduced to a law, um, that they, that you believe is going to address the pains and impacts and how they're going to um, begin to experience this law and for how long, okay? So you're kind of setting them up for the change. And I think all of those things are really important. You've introduced the law. You've introduced um, how it's going to be socialized. So I'm going to post it up. It's going to be, you know, um, something that we look at at our huddles, our meetings, our one-on-ones, whatever. Um, and it's going to be something that we try out um, in this way for the next two to four weeks. So it's time bound. So all of those things make a difference for people who are about to engage in something new. And then last but not least, you mark a date four weeks in the future. You send out a meeting request or you put it on the agenda for the meeting and you say, we're just going to come back to this and just take a look at the difference we think it's going to make. And if it's a law that, you know, really resonates with us in four weeks from now. So everybody knows you're not just talking that you're taking action and you're going to spend 30 minutes in that meeting and you're going to take a look at, you know, what difference is this law making for us and is it impacting our pain or our culture? Okay. So some things you need to know about introducing a change or a law, especially a law like this, you need to be able to make sure that you provide high touch, high frequency, low risk. I'm going to say that again, high touch, high frequency, low risk. So if you're introducing something like, you know, what you focus on expands, people need to hear that you know, at least once a day, high touch, high frequency. They need, to, they need to see it. They need to hear it. They need to hear you say it. They need to hear each other talk about it um, and low risk. So you can't be in a big meeting every single day and ask people, 
one person, tell me, you know, what you're focusing on and how it's expanding. Like, that's too high risk for some people, you know. So you're going to have to find ways for people to even, like, just reflect on, all right, what are you focusing on today that you don't want to expand? Or what are you focusing on today that you want to, you know, change? Or, you know, have them think about it. Then maybe have them write about it. Those are very low risk. Now you up the ante. Um, just talk to the person next to you really quick. What are you focusing on um, that's detracting from your engagement that you don't want to expand or whatever, right? So now – I always feel like reflection, personal reflection is the lowest risk. Writing is the next lowest risk. Pairing up or triads is the next lowest risk. And then um, go ahead and do large group share um, or people just writing things up on post-it notes and, and, and sharing them or, you know, IMing each other, DMing each other um, is, you know, now you're beginning to like really like up the ante, which is cool. But lots of touch. Um, how you choose to, you know, to take that on is up to you, but you're, it's up to you now to drive that. Um, it can't just live out here. Here's what you're going to need to know about people's development. Okay. <laughs> like just make sure you understand this because this is a truth. And if you don't, if you're not resonating with what I'm about to share in general with change, then, um, then you're welcome. I'm, I'm giving you this for free. First people, when you introduce like a law or this change, they're going to know it's a thing. Okay. That's all that they know. It's a thing. Oh, okay. What you focus on expands. That's the thing. Then over time, I can't tell you how long, but over time, let's say if this is across four weeks, hopefully over the next week, they're going to know that they're going to know the law. So where you're trying to move from is that they know it's a thing to they know the law. Um, so they're going to know that the law is what you focus on expands. So you're listening for whether or not people even know the law, right? So it takes something for them to even like remember it. You might even ask them, what's the law we're working on? And people are going to look at you like, oh, damn it, I know it. <laughs> but they're not going to be able to say it. It's not because they don't care. It's just not in their world yet. So a lot of high touch, high frequency. What's the law? You're going to move from they're going to know it's a thing to know what the law is. And then the next piece is they're going to anticipate their response to the law, right? It's going to be circumstantial. Like you're going to ask the question, what you focus on expands. Maybe you're in a one-on-one. -on -one. So – I'm hearing you focused on this is, is, and it's going to create this expansion. It's going to create more worry or anxiety or it's going to create, you know, whatever. Is that where you want to focus? And so they're going to begin to anticipate it um, where you're going to be in the one-on-one. -on -one, they're going to be like, okay, I know that what you focus on expands. Um, and so there's a big leap. You go from knowing it's a thing to knowing the law, like what the law is, to anticipating that someone's going to ask you, like, oh, Chris is going to ask me. Eventually, where they're going to get to, and this is the big leap, you know that you're making a difference when you hear this leap, when they've internalized the law. Like they say it and they think from it. All right, so, you know, what you focus on expands. You hear them beginning to say it in the office, right? You hear them say it on the team. You hear them say it to each other. Hey, what you focus on expands. You know, what are we going to focus on right now? That is internalizing, and then they're thinking from it. The last place is really living from that law. Um, in a consistent and reliable way. You're not going to get there in four weeks. If you can get to they know it's a thing, they know the law in four weeks, if they know what the law is and they can anticipate responding to it, that's awesome. Probably your next four to eight weeks will be internalizing the law. Now they're going to start saying it. You know what? What we focus on expands. Um, I was on a team and they, their law was it's not the process, it's the, or it's not the people, it's the process. And you started to hear people say that. I know, I know, it's not the people, it's the process. And so they'd have to shift um, blaming people or what's wrong with them to, you know, what's wrong with the process. So there's kind of like this movement, this development that people go through in stages to really um, begin to internalize and live something. And I just want you to make sure that you're hearing what those sound like, because it just, it's going to take something from you 
to define it, to live it, introduce it, and then give a lot of high-touch, high-frequency um, for people to begin to really internalize it. You know, but once you do, all of a sudden, you have now massively influenced that culture. It's so cool to watch. Like, it's so cool to know that you designed something and you're beginning to drive it. And now you can ask the team, you can begin to, like, they begin to take it on. Um, and it's influencing their mindset. The, the question that you're going to have to come back to is, have I anchored this strong enough within my team? And it comes back to you. So are you providing enough touch and frequency with this for folks to really move through remembering the law and then anticipating how to like think from it like okay so you're going to ask me you know what I focus on expands what I'm focused on to them internalizing it like huh when what 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 I focus on expands and what am I focusing on now like what are we focusing on that's on you but once it gets there then then it becomes a part of, it truly becomes a part of the culture. It, it isn't until that point. It just becomes one more thing that comes in and out. Then it becomes a part of your norms and your behaviors. And that's where the power really shows up. So really know it's going to take you about, you know, eight weeks to 10 weeks to really anchor this. Focus heavily on those people that you know are really getting it because your early adopters are the ones that are going to help you drive this. Um, and then you become the driver. The question you're going to keep asking once you're at that place is, okay, so if people are beginning to, you know, um, embrace this mindset and behavior, is it making a difference for the pains that I was seeing before? So that's going to be on you. And that's going to be a conversation you get to have with your team because they can have it in a really different kind of place. So that's the thought for this week. Um, that's your thought revolution is how do you begin to drive your culture using laws? Um, there's lots of different ways to drive culture and that's one of them. And I just think it's just the coolest thing because it's, it's so – it really is reliable. The variable lies in whether or not you can define the law and whether or not you can really provide enough high-touch, high-frequency for that to show up for people. Um, but if you can, there's just so much reliability and it's in and what you get from it, which is awesome. Um, so I, I, I'm sharing this because I know that all of you wake up every single day with this mission to make a difference and you are making a difference. No matter what you say, think, or do, you are. But I want you to spend more time either making that difference or knowing the difference that you make instead of just making things work. So that's why um, I'm leading this podcast and that's why I'm excited that you're um, tuning in to follow along. Uh, next week, I'm going to you know, move forward on um, culture and finish off the series. So I'm excited to um, bring that to you. You guys have an awesome week and I'll talk to you next time.